0: That's fun. Follow your cart.
1: Get the amber. Love it. Fresh.
0: Steal an amber. Keep not watch it So welcome. This is Jupiter from Manlius, New York, A.K.A. the Fifth Planet Keyforge, and I have with me my esteemed co-host.
1: Hey guys, it's uh, I guess DJ Drascore now. I don't know.
0: Yeah, he made the new <laughs> intro to the uh, the podcast. You guys are stuck with that, whether you like it or not. We love it. I think we think it's fun <laughs> and jovial, and our kids are in it. And you see that laugh? That that was in there too. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah, yeah. He got all the good stuff, like all the good clips, and he got his daughter in there too. The only thing we're missing is maybe like a little bit of. Uh, Harland in that oh, so.
1: oh, all right maybe we can maybe we can edit it a little bit something
0: <laughs> yeah but anyhow anyway so the uh the idea here is that we wanted to structure our podcast in a, in a kind of a newer way too as well so what we're going to do is we're going to use the first part of our cat our podcast to basically um talk about things for newer players and then we'll get into the thing that we're going to talk about like the major concepts later uh in the in the podcast and the uh what we're gonna call noob school i guess i don't know like uh seems like noob a, school seems like a <laughs> seems, seems noob like
1: zone a, on the notes i don't know yeah I think we're <laughs> either gonna, way <laughs> we'll go with the noob school um so basically, all right all right
0: basically uh what we're going to talk about basically is the biggest question i get from people is like well how do you select decks and how do you know which decks are going to work or, or be good or bad etc um the the truth of the matter there is that um It's not easy, right? Um, As as anybody could tell you, Drascore would be the first to tell you that uh, finding good decks is is a challenge. And for him, he does it like looking for bargain stuff. So he's looking for like low stuff, stuff. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Stuff that uh, fits and works for him, and the funny thing is, is that like some of these lower SAS decks that do play in these tournaments actually do can do pretty well, right? Because they have certain things that happen. Um, the key to that is understanding how your deck plays, because each house has its own niche of how it plays, and out of all those 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 niches, like you have a ecosystem that's built between the three different houses and how they interact with each other. And that's kind of how SAS came about, right? It's synergies and anti-synergies. Um, and so there's things that basically make your deck stronger and things that make your deck weaker. Um, and it does a pretty good job of finding things that go two levels, right? And um, I think that's why SAS is a successful system. And it does do good things, but it does have limits um, to how good it can be because of the way some certain cards affect you, right? Like we had this sure. talk we had this talk last week with um, with Jason about Heart of the forest and uh, he did a great job of explaining why it's hard for that algorithm to pick that out because it's a card that can be really great in some circumstances and just be really bad in other circumstances right and that's because yep. of the range of how decks talk to each other so what we, i thought for this first part of the the, the show anyway is um let's, let's let's talk about how the these decks like how this game plays right and they basically this game plays on like in, in, in a very basic concept, it plays on three tiers, right? It's like basically the, the Holy Trinity of playing. And I've, I've been talking about this since day one of podcasting, but you have basically your Amber, your board control and your efficiency. Right. Um, so like these three things are basically that they're, they're kind of like the cycle of life in, in your deck. Right. Um, when I speak of Amber type things, um, what I define as amber type things, like the biggest thing is scaling amber control. I think that that's very important. But your raw amber, your generated amber, how you steal, how you capture, how you gain, how you lose things, these are all things that that affect amber, right? That's that part of the deck. Um, and it's important that you know how your deck does these things because amber is how you win. Um, you can't not win. A, it's impossible to win a game without creating amber or making amber or finding a way to make you know your keys. So um, amber is um, pretty much that engine and sometimes that amber comes in the form of extra cards and stuff like that so you see that there can be overlaps with that right like like with key abduction and stuff sometimes there's alternate ways to create quote unquote amber on that you have to take into account like on like say um uh imperial forge where the amber is on creatures but like it all of a sudden becomes part of your key solution that is efficient right so this is how you're starting to see these niches like start to talk to each other like amber is like one niche then you have your efficiency and your efficiency is like basically how you play the game with draw, drawing cards archiving cards discarding cards cycling uh advantage type stuff like where you're basically discarding cards to draw more cards etc or whatever um you have and you have very important things like bounce effects um these are all things that are really good about efficiency but you also have key cheats which are basically like the hyper like that's the top end, that's like the scaling amber control for amber is like the top end, I think, for efficiency is having a key cheat, because nothing is more direct and more um, efficient than being able to create a key without having to use amber, right? So see, now the amber and the efficiency are kind of overlapping, and I, I think that's important to notice. Um, but yeah, then- and it
1: really oh. prevents your opponent from hitting you so hard with that scaling amber, right? So it's a great mm-hmm. counter for, for, for that sort of thing. So that yeah, it, it, in some ways, it's a form of efficiency
0: yeah so like it's kind of different like in how you define things right too because like i'm a big person of saying there are tempo decks in in KeyForge, and there's a lot of the the big brains that go there's no such thing as tempo but what i define as tempo is basically your push pull so like if i push ahead and you push back and i push back ahead and then you push me back and then i push back ahead that's the tempo right that's the swing the back and forth um they like to say that there's go fast slash rush decks that's true like um there's control decks that's true there's something that has to be in the middle and i would i consider that middle game to be is tempo um, and I just that's because I'm a magic player maybe and that's just the term I've used forever but like for me for tempo means I'm just basically playing over the top of you every turn and trying to stay ahead of you which is a very good way to play your game right um but like um I'm also like when I'm when I'm thinking tempo I'm thinking that there's counterpunch right like that, that basically I'm going to make amber and then I'm going to take some of your amber then I'm going to make more amber then I'm going to take some of your amber that's kind of like the tempo game so like maybe that's not how you define it or the word you use for it but that's how I the tempo is basically like make amber take amber make amber take amber make amber take amber that considered that to be tempo whereas rushes make amber make amber make amber make amber make amber, make amber. Mm. hope that they don't take my amber right and then consider- so when i
1: think about tempo and tell me if this is like mm-hmm. it m- matches sort of what you're thinking what i think about there is you're also sort of explicitly messing with what your opponent is trying to do in terms of them trying to set their tempo right so it's mm-hmm. You know, stunning the dudes of the house they're about to call, or or maybe exhausting now with uh, unfathomable stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So you're, you're, or or uh, knocking their stuff off the board that they're about to call. You know, basically explicitly targeting the things they want to do. So you have sort of the initiative, if you will. Does that does that match sort of fit in with what you think from tempo or or? uh, That seems like it might be.
0: I think that seems like it might be more into the control realm. Um, of the house because like when you're talking about like that's how i look at control control to me is like i'm looking and i'm reacting to what you're doing in a way that like starts to set me an advantage right like it's a gains versus attrition thing right for me like i always i've always said that too like um it's basically i want to make my gains and i want to have as little attrition as possible right like i don't want to lose in in the in the war like if i make three amber and then you make three amber then we're even, right? That, that means that there was no gain really, and there was no loss in that one full turn, right? It's in the mm-hmm, scope of a right. full turn, right? So like in the scope of a full turn, if I make three amber and then my opponent steals two amber and generates three amber, then they out gained me, right? Because now they've basically took and like they basically made it so that my three amber that was initial took two. So my, my, net is, my net gain is one where their net gain now has become five because they've taken two of mine and made three of theirs. And in the c- course of that first turn, they're winning by four points, basically, right? If you think of it as a point system, and um, and and that's kind of like where I I drive my tempo line at because like what I'm doing is I'm trying to make sure that at the end of every turn, I'm coming out with a higher gain rate than my opponent. And if you're in the attrition, yeah. and if you're in the attrition side of it, where like they're coming out with points and you're coming out with negatives because they've outplayed you, like they've outcontrolled you and stuff like that, that's a really bad place to be in any game, right? Um, it is. The good thing about Keyforge, though, is, is that it does have a lot of um, swing, right? Like, there's a lot of cards yes. that can produce swing. But those are the, the cards, like, that have scaling amber control. They are the board wipes under board control, which we haven't talked really much about yet. They are the key cheats that just, like, pop you right back into the game, right? Those are the big things that you need. Those are, like, the what I call the, 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 the degenerate um, kind of... Gameplay, right? That's not fair. Like, basically, you have either a fair play or you have a degenerate play. The fair play says, "I'm going to make six amber, make a key. I'm going to make six amber. I'm going to make a key. I'm going to make six amber, make a key." That's fair. Okay, that's how the game is supposed to be played. But when I go, uh, "I'm going to make 18 amber and make three keys in one turn," that's degenerate, right? <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. basically that's basically trying to kill you. Um, so under board control, what I have is single target board wipes, artifact removal, uh, creature density, right? Is important to to board control, like how many creatures do you have on the board and what they're doing then you have things like warding and and taunt and um, skirmish evasion, um, illusion, whatever it is. Uh, I can't even think of the word Elusive? Elusive, yes. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you.
1: The the Um, word was elusive to you? It was. It was totally totally evading
0: me. (laughs) Um, No, that's fair. But like all these little keywords, right? They all all go towards board control for the most part, right? And they're giving you um, how the board is being presented and played. But the most important thing to me is always the board wipe, right? Because the board wipe is a catch-up mechanic. The uh, scaled amber control, very important because it's a catch-up mechanic, right? And then... Like again, the key cheats are like those are the ones that blow the game open for you, right? So that's the basic um, trinity, basically, of the game. And um, for this week, I'm going to end it at that. Um, we'll be back to talk more about um, other things in the in the near future. But uh, Drascor, does, does 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 any of that make like a complete no sense to you, or is it like zero, sense? zero?
1: No. <laughs> zero. No, it, it makes sense, right? I mean. Um... You know, these are the factors that are, you know, you have to think about when you're looking at a deck and what makes it up and how is it going to play, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, I guess that through, I guess we're going to have multiple uh, classes, I suppose, of noob school, and then we're going to go into each of these. Areas a little deeper in the future is uh,
0: right, this is, is, is the plan. Is, yeah, this is this is the core of it, right? Like this is the basic idea of, of how Keyforge is played, like between the three different things, and like just the main qualities of play and stuff like that. And then, and then next week we'll talk more about like how do I uh, in, like determine my deck quality, right? Because there's a mm-hmm. lot of things. That, there's a lot of things that go into that. Um, but like I give you a a, a quick uh, teaser on that. The biggest thing of, of it is is how does your deck play early? How does it carry out through the body of the game? Um, And then how does it close the game? Um, These are things that your deck needs to have addressed and you need to be strong in all three phases of the game to have a solid deck, I think. Um, I think that you have to understand how your deck wants to play early, like how it's going to get through the game, through the, you know, the the big clutter of the middle, of the body, so to say, if you're writing a paper, right? And then like, how does it close? Like, how do you go out like in the end and win like that's that's the basics of any good quality deck if you can't figure out or identify those things that are being done with that um or how they are doing that then you probably have a big hole in your deck um that you're trying to play so um think about that stuff go Uh and like look into it but now we move on to the fun part where we get to talk about cards that are just busting up the way we play. Yeah. It. So yeah, we go from basics to uh, advanced theory here as we go into to the next <laughs> card that shapes our environment. And that is auto encoder. So Drascore, take it away. What yeah. the hell is an auto encoder?
1: Yeah. What is it? Right. It just looks like a big brain with tubes going in and out of it. Right. Maybe robotic arms, something like that. I, I don't know. Well, got uh, me, the images. It's,
0: it's got me beat because I don't have anything. I don't have any brains.
1: So. Sure. 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 So it is uh, it is the auto-encoder. It is an artifact in House Logos. It is only in Mass Mutation at this point. Uh, and it says, After a card is discarded from your hand, archive the top card of your deck. And, uh, you know, I I remember when I first saw this card, um, I, I immediately said, This is probably really good, but <laughs> but I need to think about this card because like it it it's really impactful but discarding cards doesn't feel good sort of by default right um, um i think when you first start playing the game you, you don't want to discard cards at all which is the wrong uh the, the wrong way to think about it right you sort of learn over time hey i got to discard in order to draw well this accelerates that so um you know i think it's a it's a Really interesting card to to dive into and explore, and just learn how to use effectively. Um, it's also a common card, so it's limited to one, but you see it a lot. So there's lots of decks out there uh, with this card. Yeah. Uh, go uh, ahead. You were say something.
0: Yeah, auto encoder is a, a game changer, and the way it changes the game is it makes you more efficient. Like uh, anytime auto encoder shows up, it allows you to make decisions to either like play a card now or get more value later. Um, And I think that's a huge thing. Um, This is kind of like in that side, the the idea of efficiency where you're like talking about archiving cards and like drawing cards and how efficient can you be? Autocoder is like a very broken mechanic in the way that it is executed. And um, it gets only better like with good cards, right? Because now you're getting the chance to play a good card but maybe it's not ideal. Like it lets you play things that are more specific to like what you're trying to do. And then like if it's not, if it shows up at the wrong time or it's just not there at the right time, you know, like you know, to give you value. Now you just pitch it and you basically gain an extra card in the future for it, right? And like uh, it's gone. That card, card's pushed aside. A card goes into your archive and you draw a card. So in essence, it's like a one and a half, you know, flip. Like you know, like for the uh, for the uh, advantage of the turn, it gives you like basically an extra half a card. Um. Every time you discard a card, so I think that's pretty um, crazy. If you understand, pretty good. Yeah. Like if you understand, like kind of what the math is going on with. But like one of the things I was looking at and thinking about, like maybe you don't think about it, but if I have six cards in hand and I drop all six of those to the auto encoder, that means that next turn I get to draw twelve cards. That's ridiculous. Right? like a uh, lot. It means you take a turn off, but man, you're coming back loaded with a good amount of cards in your hand, right? Um, that's what a lot of the Graviton decks kind of do. They kind of uh, get super value off of lots of draw, lots of archive, and then recycling that archive into more draw. So that's ridiculous cuz you go through your deck in like two three turns like it's it can be absolutely crazy. But let's get to a realistic level where I maybe I I discard two cards to the auto encoder and play two cards, right? That seems like a very f- feasible turn. So that that's what that's saying is that I start my turn with six cards, I play two cards, I pitch two to auto encoder, so next turn I get to draw eight cards. Because ha- I have two cards available to me in my archive if I choose to draw them, and then like I have the extra two cards I drew for the space of playing the two cards I played, so I go back to six. So in essence, I get to play eight cards next turn. That's a lot of extra value, right? Um, that's what makes mm-hmm. auto encoder really nuts.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, it's an interesting card because I think when you first start playing with it, at least for me, I I was a little gun shy out of the gate, right? And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I know, uh, discard the bad cards, like, that seems obvious, right? Um, And But then, like, what about the good cards, right? And do you discard that or, or do you hold it because, or not hold it, but you play it? Um and and I think it it can be a tricky equation at first, right? I know one of the first decks I played with uh with an auto encounter had um some you know relatively bad cards in it, right? I think I had a niffle queen and like three niffle apes. And it's like, okay, just get rid of the niffle apes, right? Get rid of the niffle queen, because n- nobody likes those, right? And it's sort of the obvious discard. And um by doing that, um, and not discarding the rest of the stuff, I got a little bit of value. But then over time, I started to learn with that deck. Well, hold on. If I, if if this card, if if uh, you, know, you know, whatever card I have in the deck, you know, a, a histocrog or something, which is a decently good card. If I don't think it's going to give me immediate value or nearly immediate value, right? Because when you play a histocrog, it's it's not going to take effect that turn right it's ability to kill something on the side of the board it you're gonna have to call uh dis again in the future so should you discard it maybe you should because hey maybe your opponent has a lot of board clears and the chances they're gonna blow away your your board before you get back to that guy is is pretty strong or they've got a lot of big guys he's gonna kill the guy right maybe you're better off just discarding it and building up that real thick thick stack of cards to play that huge turn to have something maybe a little bit degenerate like uh, jupiter was saying that took go. me a little yeah <laughs> it took me a little while to learn and different decks have different feels but but as i played more with this card I'm like okay i started to see how how it can be just real good just to have some slow turns early and some really big turns later
0: yeah, so what are some of the cards that are obviously good combos for it? Like, uh, I know mm-hmm. I know, I know, off the top of my head, like, the easiest and most obvious one is Punctuated Equilibrium, right? Like, yeah. on, oh, like, I get to drop my hand, and I get to draw all these cards, basically, because I dropped my hand due to Punctuated Equilibrium letting me draw. Then I get to pitch more cards that I don't want from my hand if I draw them, right? Um Pretty nuts. Like you could get some yeah. very, very degenerate quote-unquote turns off of a punctuated equilibrium. But what other kind of cards? Maybe totally so obvious. Totally are good. With? Oh, and I
1: will uh, maybe just real quick on the punctuated equilibrium. If you're trying it for the first time, I remember the first time I tried that combo in TCO, <laughs> I I didn't realize the order of operation, and my draw pile was basically empty at that point. I archived like one card, and I was like, oh. <laughs> so you want to make sure you got a nice thick uh a nice thick stack of of cards in your draw pile and then it, it can just be bonkers it yeah. can be bonkers
0: or you want to make sure but
1: there's other good stuff card. there's other good stuff too so the the one that the first time i saw it i was like oh like i didn't think of it and then somebody i played somebody who uh who was who was playing it and i was like wow that's really really strong and, and that's quixelstone because quixelstone right says hey you either player can play creatures while their opponent has. Or while they have more creatures than their opponent. And so you're going to be discarding a whole bunch of creatures. And in a decent Quixelstone deck, right, you, you're already going to be discarding creatures anyway, right? You're trying to create advantage. You're only trying to play your your really strong creatures. Well, here, you're just getting extra, extra value from those discards, all those archives, right? Getting all those big action cards into your... Uh, into your archives and just create some really really crazy turns so first time i saw that i was like wow this is really good really really good yeah and a... i i got killed in that game <laughs>
0: yeah that's definitely what's up? so like Stone and punctuate equilibrium both pretty obvious i think um kinds of like functional maybe use of. but um <laughs> I think I think that uh, there's other cards too that like are maybe not True. as obvious that are really good. but let's say you're playing you play auto encoder and you have an opponent that is playing a creature heavy deck. Um, at that point, then auto encoder becomes enabled by cards like red alert, because now you can pitch those creatures to find your red alert, let them populate the board, blow their board up and kind of find your advantage that way, especially like Saurians against Saurians and things like that, where they're going to be packing Amber as well. Um, it can be huge to play that way. And like that's that's like a smaller, more intricate combo, um, a little bit more like situational, but that's the beauty of auto encoder to me is that you have to like learn, how you want to flow with it, right? Because it's definitely mm-hmm. a decision, like a, one of those micro decision points where it's like every card you decide to pitch is going to give you value in certain, some way, but it's also taking away value from playing it, right? Like, um, so where is the line and how often do you use that line or cross that line? That's the trick to autoencoder and mastering autoencoder, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, getting decks with, with other good synergies, just any of those... Uh, bots or or technomutants that let you just discard a out of card out of house card mm-hmm. and uh, and draw a card, right? You're you're just going to generate a lot of value there. To a lesser extent, I think you know Nuva Dynamo and Munchling are, are are good there, but those you know probably less strong, what about um, but still still worthwhile. Pronos, Crona- he does pretty good Yeah. Yeah, he's just <laughs> added to your archive. Kronos is just good. It's just a good <laughs> card. Good card. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, another one, um, uh, a relentless creeper, right? Because relentless creeper, uh, you can always just pull it from your discard pile back to your hand. So basically, every time you call disc, you can just always discard him <laughs> and uh, archive a card. So it's sort of a free discard or free archive. Mm-hmm. um so that's that's pretty nice too so there, there's lots of good uh lots of good combos lots of good synergy with uh with auto encoder
0: so power wise on a scale of one to ten like how powerful is auto encoder do you think
1: i think i think it's pretty strong like i think it's one of those cards that makes just about any deck better right there's there's very little downside To having an auto encoder, right? You know, and there's there's some risk if you're playing against Barrow or Snicklifter that your opponent uh, can take it and they have a Quixelstone or they have a punctuated equilibrium, and suddenly you're you're in a world of hurt. Um, But uh, uh, there's not a lot of anti-synergy, right? It's it's a almost always a decision to to discard a card. Um, and, and even when it's not a decision, right, your opponent's playing a mind barb or subtle malls or, or toxins or something, right. It's like, you're getting a benefit for something that they wanted to do to you. So you're, you're harming them in that way too. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's just gravy. I think it's, it's makes every deck better, almost any deck better.
0: So I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with that in the sense that, uh, I think it makes bad decks better. I think it makes average decks better. I think it makes above average decks better, but I think at the top end of the spectrum, auto encoder unless it is implemented as part of a combo like a punctuated equilibrium kind of draw combo or something like that um is not as good like i think that when you put it in a deck where it doesn't have a real engine to to drive it which is probably rare right because you when you talk about good cards they usually are driving but like the thing is is like i'm not pitching cards on purpose if i have good cards in my hand right like you're I not don't, pitching I, your I don't tricks, want to do that. Yeah. yeah. And so like every like the, the best of the best decks maybe have two bad cards in them, like two or three bad cards in them, right? Like where you're just like, I never want to see this card, right? Like that's a mm-hmm. that's a rare thing in the top end of the deck. So I do I think the power of auto encoder gets higher the crappier your deck is. <laughs> I know that's there's like truth a...
1: <laughs> to that. Yeah. There's truth to that.
0: I know that's a radical still... concept, but
1: <laughs> it, it is weird, right? I, I still think it's good, right? To your your point earlier you mentioned about um uh, you know, hey, maybe you do have that scaling amber. like right? maybe you have that um TMTP or you or you've got the uh punctuated equilibrium now, um, and you really don't need it now. You can discard those things and get back through your deck and get to it more quickly. So, so I still think there's you know cards you really want that um you can you can cycle back to more easily with auto encoder, but, but yeah, if everything in your deck is just hot fire, you're you're probably not discarding as many cards. That's true.
0: I'm just asking why you're playing the deck, but uh yeah. But yeah, <laughs> that's just how it is, right? Um so with that said, um auto encoder is a wonderful card. Like I do agree. Mm-hmm. On a scale of one to ten, if I'm giving it a number, I think it is a good solid seven. In my seven. Party. Okay. Yeah, I think I think it's about a seven. Like, where where are you putting it?
1: I was gonna say eight, but seven okay. seven, eight's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, pretty
0: close. Yeah. So you're in the in mind park. Um, did it did it change any when I mentioned the fact that like if you have a top end deck, it's not as good versus a crapper? I mean,
1: so I've definitely noticed that to some extent. Now I, you know, you mentioned earlier, right? I I'm the bargain hunter, right? So I I don't have a lot of super super crazy decks. Um, you know, and I mentioned, hey, I've got. That that one deck that I was learning the card on's got some really good cards, right? Uh, but it's also got some kind of junky cards, um, and and yeah, there's definitely some hard decisions sometimes. And I think that's where practice comes to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so some tricky. Hey, I can I can only ghost talk for one ember. Should I play the ghost talk or should I discard it? Right, like um, those are tricky. So sometimes tricky decisions where when you learn the deck, you learn how it faces um, uh, various matchup types. You, you start to get the feel for, okay, in this example, uh, in this matchup, I play it, in this matchup, I don't. Um, or discard it, in this one, I, I play it, right? So, um, I, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, there's, there's value, I think, to getting reps with this card with a specific deck.
0: There's value in any deck getting specific reps. Sure, sure. But, <laughs> but uh, as far as auto encoder goes, um, I don't think I have much else I can really say about it. Like, uh, I think the card kind of speaks for itself in, in some a- aspects. As far as um, it's just a high quality, like a good card to have. Like, I'm never mad to see an auto encoder. Um, in any deck mm-hmm. um so like like you know that speaks value to it in itself and then like when you start seeing the cards that go with it and figuring out the uh you know the combos and quote unquote and the and the, and the tricks and the, and the shortcuts and stuff that's pretty pretty incredible pretty uh, interesting right yeah um but yeah. um for the most part it's auto encoder well,
1: sure well i think there's also like so there's there's the flip side of it right hey you see your opponent has it on their Archon card. So, what should you be thinking about? What should you be doing, right? Um, now, in some ways, hey, if you got Artifact Control, uh, uh, Auto Encoder is a pretty good target because it's a pretty strong card, right? Now, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> to to your point, <laughs> to your point, you know, hey, maybe, maybe maybe you read the deck a little bit and try to suss out how much they're going to be leveraging it versus the other artifacts in their deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and you probably also want to think about what what time it is in the game, mm-hmm. right? If it's early in the game, you 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 probably want to blow up that auto right? If they just got it out and it's real late and there's not that many turns left in the game, maybe you don't target it. Maybe you target one of their other artifacts instead. They're going to give them uh, more value because right auto encoder is a little uh, it's building you up for future turns. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, if I see my opponent has an auto encoder, the first thing I'm doing is I'm looking for the tricks, right? I'm looking to see, do you have, like, the Kronos? Do you have, like, the Munchling? Do you have the No Dynamo? Or or do you have a punctuated equilibrium? It's like, how do you empower your autoencoder? If it's literally, like, just I'm dropping cards to draw more cards, like, um, I'm not as scared of it, uh, obviously. Like, uh, there's not really as big a thing of it. But if all of a sudden I see, like, you have autoencoder and you have, like, Graviton with it or something, like Ultra Graviton, like, that's scary. Because that's a lot of value that you're gonna get out of your deck as far as like just making your high basically what happens when you go through a deck really quick when logos does its thing and does like the super fast like i'm going to just clear my deck kind of thing what logos is really doing is it's saying hey i don't really want to be here let the other two houses play because logos is literally just rifling through the deck so that you can get other stuff to play and mm-hmm. um and that's what they do best and um auto encoder is you know could be the poster child for logos in, in that sense, sure. right so um yeah,
1: and and yeah, I think one of the things you can do also is if you see they got the autoencoder encoder, maybe they got a pair of of bot mutants, right? Start to think about, well, okay, they're probably going to try to be discarding one of the houses, maybe. Um, so which house is that? And they're going to try to play two houses, and then maybe build up a huge chunk of that other house in the archives and just play it all at once, one time, right? Try to get a sense of of you know where they're gonna try to take the game by by looking at their archon card there,
0: yeah definitely, um yeah, that's like um, a... that's really interesting, but yeah, so
1: it's good, it's a good card <clears throat> I know for heart of the forest we talked a little bit about um where. You know how far it had gotten in competitive, you know vaults and vaults and competitive events. Uh, we don't have vault taurus, right? For for mass mutation, so so we don't really know. But I, you know, I'm guessing at common, like you you, you know, and uh, you would have seen it decently amount within the mass mutation decks that that were out there. But we just won't know until uh, well, we until do we have, we, play have, play
0: we, we do have the keyforge premier league that is around. That's true. Um, this is so true. they're in the top sixteen. So it wouldn't be hard to go and see how many auto encoders made the top sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's something some homework we can do. But um I don't think there's really as many as you would expect, um, honestly. Maybe. But, uh, but that's partly to do because it's triad. It's not like we're playing strictly uh strictly business, right? And um Sure. But at the same time, like the lack of auto encoder. Would symbolize that there's other cards that are just better than it, um, which I think there may be. Um, and... It's not the
1: best card in the game, but it definitely it gives you so many options, gives you gives you some advantage, lets you build up for late plays.
0: Yeah. So with all that said, um, do you have anything else
1: for auto encoder that you want to talk about? I think uh, I think we can discard it now.
0: We can discard it. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> with that said, in the archives, we are running into the dark tidings season. So, Ooh, I know, yes. I know, both of us have just now recently opened dark tidings. So, this is a this is a yes. this is a swerve on, uh, on 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 Draz. I didn't tell him we were. I was gonna do. Oh, 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 yeah. What you got from right, me? right? No, I'm just saying, like, we're going into dark tidings conversations because mm-hmm. we both mm-hmm. just recently got our first boxes, right? Like I today. Gotta, yes. Yeah, we both on the same day of all things, right? I got mine from China. I I don't know where you bought yours from. but I just, Canada. Okay, yeah. I have six more decks on the way. so Or six more uh, boxes on the way at some point. Mm. But um, mm. who knows when those will get here. But out of all the Dark tiding stuff that you opened, I didn't really get to play that much with mine because I, I thought I had to go get my shot for my um, COVID follow-up. And I was yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's next Thursday. But I drove out th- I <laughs> drove out there because I'm an idiot. Oh, but, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, see, I told you, no brain, lots of space. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, No biggie, right? But I did get to open all 12. I was going to try to hold off to open some this weekend on the stream, but then I was like, no, nah, I can't do it. Um, mm-hmm. I got no self-control when it comes to new cards. And um, I got some cool stuff. Nice. So I'm kind of curious to like, out of the stuff that you opened, what are some cards that you've seen? Or yeah. You I like got to play. I got to play a couple of them. Now let me explain to you that the one card that I had no, I like was not on my radar. Didn't even know what it what it was or how it existed. Is I got an evil twin. I got two evil twin decks, by the way. Nice. Um, nice. Both, both, both of them very cool. Um and uh, but the one I got has this creature called Spore Gorger. Um, And I got the Evil Mm. Twin version of it, and it's basically when you play it, um, you move all the plus one counters basically on the board to the sport gorger, right? And then you have the ability to reap, and then you may remove each of those counters and basically machine gun something, right? And machine gun stuff, because you get to do one damage to each other creature, right? Um, So basically you just destroy the board and stuff. When I first saw this deck I went like okay cool evil twin it has eid so I'm happy with that it has the you know cool some cool um, evil twin stuff it has data ford and honors keeses so I'm like that's kind of neat right like um so there's like key td type stuff on, uh, two two of them in logos and stuff and I was like but uh like where where's the real value in this thing oh wait there's a key frog in this too so there's three key cheats in my deck oh wow <laughs> I was like I was, that's like, I was, like, I was like that's kind of crazy right and I have a doorstep to heaven and so I have like, ways to do you know to to heal and do the things i need to do there's a vault keeper and like like i don't know it's just like the more i looked at it the more i went wow this is kind of cool and then what, what kicked me off was this spore gorger and then i realized that like if spore gorger takes any damage counters whatsoever onto it like takes two of them or whatever two or more i have a key frog in the same house
1: Mm-hmm. so i can just yes. shoot
0: my key frog after I, I after i reap with everything so i was like okay this is actually kind of weird and interesting and then uh i think my favorite like common card that i've seen in in, in the whole thing is molly mock because i like artifact control and it's a big fat,
1: yeah it's a big
0: fat creature so it's like it
1: perfect, is nice perfect, it is nice uh, perfect. yeah yeah
0: <laughs> so um yeah so those are some of the things i've learned about dark tidings and i'm cool. excited for it but um biggest combo that i've learned about in dark tidings and i'm going to let you like tell your piece um the biggest combo okay. I, combo i learned about it is that there's this card called uh, Chelonia and mm-hmm. Chalonia, it might as well just say Hunting Witch, because that's what it is. It's an evil, <laughs> evil hunting witch, and it tries to look cute like it's not going to hurt you. It will destroy you, because it come, they usually come with these card, this other card called Witch of the Dawn. And Witch of the Dawn lets you return when you play it. You get to basically return a card from your discard pile to your hand. So you see how this can get really, like, crazy, like not fun right um and and or fun very fun oh no not (laughs) not fun at all but um but the thing is is that there's this card called ritual of life um that you can get also in untamed and what that does is it lets you bring back another card so like you basically kill a creature to bring back another creature from the graveyard so you can loop these witches like all day long and make an insane <laughs> amount of amber. And um, I got that done to me by Jay Philippeg. He has a nice one that does this and a nice combo thing. Yeah. But, and, and it has a key frog in it. So hey, Ritual of Life, nice. can use you can use it on the key frog to make a key as well. Um, and then you can use the Witch of the Dawn to bring the key frog back underneath the double chelonia. Oh my god! Like anyway. Oh. So, Untamed is the first house that I've seen the super combo thing go off with. That's sweet. In that same deck, he has logos with a library card, and um, he has uh, two final analysis. So, that's absolutely retarded, like, you know, stupid off the chains too because you're basically just playing a bunch of creatures then you're like final announcing drawing more cards and you're in library card so you're drawing two cards and then you're basically you got phase shifts in there and all these other things so you basically just draw your whole deck and play what you want to play and you just win because you have a key frog like but but like i don't know
1: there's a lot of good stuff in in untamed it it does look really nice looks really nice yeah And, and logos powers it yeah Looks real good.
0: Yeah, but unfortunately Jay's deck had shadows in it and it was not a good shadow suite. But I was uh, but, I but but I will I will disclaimer this. Uh Sorian is a lot better than I thought it was gonna be. Um it's played pretty well. Um and I'm a big fan of Sauriorium, Soriorium, whatever it is. Um I don't know how you say it, Sororium. Um, but it basically is an artifact that warps the game by saying cre- that each creature with the lowest power cannot reap. Um, yes, so that that card, I have that, this. <laughs> yes, this this card is very dirty. But I'm gonna stop talking about it and let you talk some to you because I know you're excited. So tell me some of the things that you got.
1: Ah, uh, so all right, so I've opened four decks out of the twelve so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, played one game with with each of my daughters. So uh, so those were the four decks right there. Nice. And I think the most interesting thing that uh, we made happen so far was got the uh, the comm Officer Higgs, Com Officer Gross, right? Uh, oh, I so don't these have are... any of those yet. I want those. Yeah, cards. they're pretty cool, right? So so, uh, Com Officer Gross is uh, play, search for the other one, right? They each search for the other. And then uh, Gross is fight, reap, plus one power. You get a plus one power counter to each creature between the two comm Officers. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you've got um, Hings lets you draw a card for each
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, creature in between them. Well, so I've also got uh Rocketeer Triska. Right? Oh, so I is so hide. Yeah. yeah. neighbors enter play ready. So so you just build a huge battle line because there's a whole bunch of creatures in this deck. Um, and there's, you know, big sanctum dudes, uh like, you know, beefy sanctum dudes, like Larry, uh, Larry of the Lake to give them all sorts of armor and stuff, and then you drop the Triska and the uh the Hings and you just draw a ton of cards and it's pretty good pretty good
0: yeah it's fun so so the surprise card that got me that i didn't see in spoilers i didn't pay attention to is a star mm. alliance card called together
1: oh yeah that one looks good that,
0: yeah that card is crazy i don't have that yet
1: i don't think i don't think in the four yeah i don't have that one in the four yeah, yet
0: but... but i got i got a dark discovery deck that has uh two portals and one of them has a draw or a, no an amber icon on it and then um it has two bubbles two hook masters a thunder toe a sink or swim so lots of cool unfathomable stuff plus the combo to make the key right but then in my star alliance i have um a together and i have a general order 24. Mm -hmm. Mm. one of my cards Mm -hmm. right um and then uh i i learned that um there's also another combo um with uh diplomat agung um i don't know if you're familiar but he's a two power. Um, alien Crix creature and um, basically play fight or reap uh, for the remainder of the turn. A friendly creature belonging uh, belongs to the house of your choice in addition to its other houses. So this card, like when I first looked at it, I went, eh, it's pretty cool, right? Like it seems like it might have some value somewhere, but where is that value and stuff? But then I ran into the card called um, Alliance Grand Alliance, is it? Yeah, Grand Alliance. Good. It was a uh, Grand Alliance.
1: Grand Alliance Council. The
0: yeah, the one right, and then like one of the decks I had had two of those grog fellows in it, and then like it had like two of the Grand Alliance things in it as well. Okay. So what you do is like you can take, you can basically make your creatures into their creatures, like houses, and then like just keep your creatures and kill their. It's a one-sided mm. board
1: way. It's, I gotcha. It, it, yeah. It's super, nice.
0: it's super dirty. Um, And because uh, <laughs> basically it's, yeah, Grand Alliance Council. It says choose a creature of each house, destroy each creature not chosen. And so by taking his three, whatever three that you're playing and making it and putting it on my guys, I can save my guys. Or if you have the same as me, if we're in a mirror and I can't, I just give them basically titles of houses that aren't in the game right and save them and and basically make it a one-sided board wave so grand alliance council in with diplomatic agung diplomat agung is is really scary good
1: nice right nice mm-hmm. yeah yeah i uh so another car so i got um i have a deck with uh widespread corruption um so that's a Shadows artifact gives you an ember after player gains ember by reaping a creature they do not control captures that mm-hmm. and uh there's a decent amount of uh board control in this deck, so I can sometimes i, I I'm still you know I have to I play the deck once, right but mm-hmm. it seems like I could uh set it up so that i I really keep the opponent's board pretty thin and uh get myself that that ember back. Mm-hmm. Um which is which is kinda nice. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I gotta mess with it to see how well that works.
0: Yeah. So um another like cool thing I got is that Rocketeer Triska you were talking about. I got that in oh, a yeah. Z, in a Z Force good. Agent deck.
1: Ooh, yeah. That and, that sounds good. Yeah.
0: And, and my Z Force agent ha- deck has all the regulars. It has an Officer's Blaster, which card is absolutely nuts and fun. Um, it has, um, if you don't know what Officer's Blaster is, it gives you one amber. You, this creature mm-hmm. gets plus two power, and then the creature gains Destroyed, attach an off um, Officer's Blaster to the creature's right neighbor. So like basically, like the the blaster gets passed down the line every time a creature dies. It's kind of relevant, yeah, and uh, kind it, of scary, um, but
1: I, it is interesting for sure. Yeah, I gotta that I've gotta mess with more to to see it in action.
0: Yeah, and it has a force field in this deck as well with the Z Force agent, so kind of oh, nice. kind of exciting to see a, a, a Voltron. It has two bubbles in the in the, in the house in in this team, mm. so, and two illusions of grandeur, which I don't even know what it is. But when I saw it, I went, "That's funny." <laughs> choose a house yeah. on your opponent's identity card. If your opponent does not choose that house as their active house on their next turn, gain three. So it's kind of like a weird control of the week. It's like a you, no. don't, you don't have to listen to what I tell you to do, but if you don't, you're gonna pay me.
1: Pay for it, yeah, oh. yeah. So just, I mean, I'm two games in because I I did not I, I wanted to wait for my decks to start playing, but uh, I'm really enjoying it. Really enjoying it. There's ton of ton of fun stuff in here
0: yeah another uh uh, one last combo let's see what what was one more combo in my decks that i saw that was really cool um or basic even um Mm oh i I didn't tell you i I did get my other evil twin deck um the one i wasn't talking about i got three sea urchins evil twins oh those are the
1: good ones you want those uh yeah it has it it
0: has three francis the economists in it yeah
1: no, okay.
0: It's good because you give them amber, then you steal it. Oh, you
1: steal it? Okay, okay. All um, right, great. Right. So they and, can't and, sit on zero if it was. Okay, yeah, I can and, see and, that. And I,
0: I, it also has an evil twin, one-eyed willow, which is basically uh, when you fight, if the tide is high, your opponent loses two. So that's mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. And a shadow console, but um, lots of interesting shadow for shadow being as bad as shadows is. This is about as good as I could think it because it also has two Jackie Tars, Jackie Tars, and Brenda Fanatic and uh, Hornswoggle. So there's all this skirmishing, but I also have skirmishing and saurium because and I do have the Sorium in this deck and then I have um, lapisaurus. I have three of the evil twin lapisauruses. Um,
1: okay. I don't remember that one, lap- what that one does.
0: Uh, it, When it, it skirmishes and when it fights, it exalts the creature that it's fighting.
1: Right, 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 right. So okay, so, right. Instead of taunt, that's right.
0: Right. So basically it skirmishes, fights and it like it like it damages it but it doesn't die, then all of a sudden it gets an amber on it with damage on it. Gotcha. So that's kind of fun. And then I have the evil twin sensor Filio that deals five to a creature with Amber on it. <laughs> mm-hmm, so uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of fun. Um, and then it has berry riches, of course, because that card is
1: really good. There you go. That's, that is definitely a good card. Yeah. I've got, I got some very, the riches action,
0: but you know, what the worst, um, you know, what the worst card in, in, the, in the game so far for me is, and that I've not had any value with is crushing charge.
1: The cr- uh, Destroy
0: each creature with power four or lower. Gain one chain. Every deck uh, that, that one. every deck that I have yeah. that in has like so many creatures four or under. I'm just like this is like the most anti-synergy card. Uh,
1: I yeah, I have just discarded that every time so far. I have that. uh You know, by every time I think I have it in two of the decks. I played it. Yeah, I played it twice. Yeah, it's in both of these, and I discarded it both times
0: the coolest no. the coolest worded card in Dark t- Tidings so far that I've seen I know you didn't
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did see that one yeah yeah. <laughs> that is good destroy that an enemy good.
0: creature sure. with armor on it that's yeah. all it does no, do, I know nope. you didn't <laughs> uh, yeah. the, no. the voice of the person saying that in my head every time I say it is hilarious yeah, uh, yeah but all right, cool. So I was just trying to stretch this out to a good stopping point. Uh, try to keep us to our close to our 50-minute uh, average. Um, and uh, uh, that's good. We're, we're I think we're close there. But uh, Dark Tidings looks to be pretty cool. Um, yeah, got, I'm I, enjoying it. I got 13 decks because the guy that sent me this sent me one for free, an extra one for free, and it was actually a good one. It, it was one that has the uh, the card I love, Whirlpool, in it, and um, I was excited, but then I realized that Whirlpool is great, but it, like, really is great when you have Fangtooth Cavern with it. That's, like, the real combo. I like it.
1: Interesting. Okay. It's, it's I, uh, pretty interesting. I'll have to, to try to open a deck with Whirlpool to play with it and see see what's up with it.
0: You have to try to open a deck?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so like, You can
0: just use one online. <laughs> there you <laughs> I got, go. I got a couple. Go. Uh, but anyway, yeah, like, there's so many cool things here. I really can't wait to start playing these um, my streams in the morning from... About ten to ten to three ish in, in that range. I usually quit before three because uh, it gets like uh, I get tired. But uh, the uh, those streams in the morning now will be all dark tidings until I play through all of them because I I really want to try things. Have you had any Hastas Raptors yet?
1: No, no.
0: I saw a guy the other day play one that had six Hastas Raptors. It's a lot. It, it was horrible though. Like it wasn't actually <laughs> It wasn't good at all.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I am kind of, no.
0: I am kind of growing on the seas chosen and the seas uh the land chosen and seas chosen they come as a pair Oh the sanctum yeah, yeah Orpheon yeah. or Orpheon um mm-hmm. those those two are actually kind of cool like um especially with the tides and stuff like that um I think they're actually very interesting um I have a couple decks I have one deck that has three strange ordinations so like I have nine amber sitting on three cards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. It, it's yeah. It's like uh, and they're both in that and like um it's like I think I kind of need that like if I'm gonna try to play this like three strange ordinations all I want gotcha. like one a couple inferences later I just don't like it anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Yeah. The uh my uh, so one <laughs> the one game against uh my younger daughter she she was playing a deck with three hard Simpsons which doesn't seem that great, but um, he's, I didn't...
0: He's oddly good.
1: Yeah, he worked way better than I thought, and she stole a lot of my Ember and won. Nice. So...
0: I'm telling you, man, she's just a better player than you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, you think, I, think right. I think you're right. I'm going to have to kick you off right. the
0: squad and put her on. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, all right, well, I think that wraps us yeah. up. I think that was enough uh, Dark Tidings banter for for one day, but uh, it'll be back.
1: Oh, yeah, we, we won't be able to stop talking about this because Dark Tidings is fun. It's different, right? Anyway, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm.
0: this is Jupiter for Manliness, New York, a.k.a. The Fifth Planet Key Forge, and I'm going to tell you that I'll catch you on the flip side.
1: And happy forging, everyone.